Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. This morning, uh, we're going to look into the Word of God. And, you know, we live kind of in uh, a time of unusual expectancies. Uh, even in the body of Christ, there's different expect- expectancies that people have. And some expect a catastrophe. Uh, for others, they expect a, a special move of the Spirit. For, for even others, their expectancy really is based on the things that they have done and put together uh, and, and worked for. And they expect to see the fruit from, uh, from their labor. Uh, but yet, I, w- I would dare to say that there's an, uh, there's an awakening under the surface, surface and it's in our hearts. But there's something that God has put down inside of us as followers of Jesus. And we find over in the book of Ezekiel, this prophet Ezekiel, he really he resonates with what Jesus said over in the book of John chapter 3, verse 3, where, where jo- Jesus said, he said, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. And he's talking about this, this experience, the experience of the heart. And yet Jesus was talking about this transformation. And the prophet Ezekiel, he's, he wrote this in chapter 36, verse 26 and 27. He said, I will give you, this is the Lord speaking through him. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. See, once you come to a place of faith in Jesus Christ, God does something big inside of us. He does something big inside of our hearts, and that is so important. It's, it's where everything really starts. It's a heart thing. It's, a, it's more than just some religious thing. It's a heart thing. It's something God does. It's not a, just a, a head thing where we think about something and say, oh, well, maybe I should start doing this. It's, it's more than that. And this is the way faith works in Christ. It's not simply man's religion where somebody comes up with a new idea and they try to work things out and try to to live according to some kind of uh, code, but it's it's God's intervention in humanity. It's God's intervention in each one of our lives as individuals. It's God's intervention in his body, in his church, in his people. He's working in us to will and to do his good pleasure his engagement, in a, it's his engagement in a person's life. It's just as Ezekiel prophesied that God will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. That doesn't necessarily mean that God's going to take out your old physical heart and give you a transplant like that, so to speak. But, but the real awakening starts in our heart. In, in fact, he says he will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. What's Ezekiel talking about here? 
It's that God takes out that old hard heart, that old, old hard spirit out of you and, and makes you uh, pliable and willing to let him work in your life. And each and every one of us need this in our life. We need to have that softened heart and we know it comes by the spirit of God. It comes through what Jesus has done on the cross of Christ where he gave his life for us so that we could have this, this hope. The last thing we want, want is to be hard-hearted, right? That we just don't want to be that kind of person. And, and there, there's, a diff, there's different ways to look at this. But if you have let your heart become hard, it will show in your internal attitudes. That's kind of where it starts, right? It starts on the inside. It starts on, in the heart. It starts in the mind and those kind of things. And, and, and it can show up in your relationships with others. It tends to do that. Uh, and the in, internal attitudes that may not always be noticed by others. But once in a while, it will come out. Once in a while, it will show up because that's what happens. And to be hard-hearted is to, to say to others around you, it's my way or the highway. You know, the old saying that they used to be said all the time, my way or the highway. It doesn't matter what you want or need. I want it to go my way. That's kind of the, the, the frame of mind. I, I want it my way. I don't care what you want. It's not the military, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 we, we have to be open to what the Lord has for us. This is one way the person can show a hard heart. It's not much different than a boss mentality. Now, now, we understand a boss has a responsibility, right? A boss has a responsibility to make things work. He has, has a responsibility to say, I need you to do this, or I want you to do that, and, and go and do this. They, they have to do all those things, but, but there's something about that. Even a boss doesn't, wanna, doesn't need to be too bossy, right? Uh, especially in today's day and age, we, we have to be people of influence. We have to be able to influence others and try to help them. It's not just being bossy. Uh, and being hard-hearted comes down to being a person who won't listen to others and consider their thoughts. But take this to a higher level, especially in our relationship with God. Being hard-hearted shows as being unwilling to follow the Lord's direction in our lives. And that can be a challenging thing, right? Because the Lord may give us something to do. He may ask us to do something, and then all of a sudden we say, well, well I don't want to do that. I want to run this direction. I want to do that. But, but we have to be soft in our heart. We have to uh, find ways to let, uh, we have to find ways to push that hardness out of our life. But ultimately, we know that Jesus does a work in us when we come to faith. But he's still doing a work in our lives as we live every day, even after we've come to faith. We know that he's still working in us, and we want to welcome him to do that. When Pastor Michael was talking about the altar of where we're at, you know, that's really where it happens. That's where some of that softness comes in because we're willing at that point to say, yes, God. Yes, God, I, I, you can do this in my life. Yes, I'm going to follow along in your plan. I'm going to allow you to work in my life. But it comes in those times where we say, God, here we are, work in us. So when we focus only on the blessings, sometimes this is what happens to us in, in the body of Christ. We focus so much on the blessings for ourselves uh, that we get caught up and then it can end up burdening our lives because we haven't looked at others around us. 
See, Jesus did something powerful for us when he went to the cross. He did something very strong, and he opened the door for us to have a forgiven life. If that's all he did for us, that's all we need, right? That's a wonderful thing that he offered us this forgiven life so that we can have a relationship with God. And when you, when you let him in, it's as if he has done this heart surgery in your life, and he takes that old hard heart out, and he gives you a new one, and a real awakening... A true awakening happens under the surface. See, religion makes external changes. That's what religion does. We, we can make external changes. That's the way I understood before I came to faith, when I, when I grew up in church, because I had all of the, all of the items and the things that were to do. I, I knew of those things, and so I tried to become religious to try to act those things out to see if I could become a Christian. But that's a total misunderstanding. And I had to come to a place where I, at the altar I said, yes, Lord, I give you my life. It's more than doing all the things. It's more than going to church. It's more than just simply being baptized. It's more than, than doing the ABCs of Christianity. It's allowing Christ to come into our lives and change the heart. It's that transformation that will change our lives. Because without the Spirit of God in us and without the work of Jesus in us, then all we're doing is a religious action. God has more for us than that. See, with, with, with Jesus, a real awakening happens, and it's under the surface because it's a, it's a heart thing. It's something that He does in us. It really brings me to this. And sometimes... Too many believers are waiting for something outside of them to bring them what they need. When God has already done a great work for them and in them. Sometimes we're waiting for God to do this big, uh, huge thing in our lives. And yet, yet we really have to understand that he has done something in our hearts already. When Jesus gave his life on the cross, my friend, it was enough. It was more than enough for us. Everything he did for you was enough on the cross that day. And then he rose from the grave. He topped it off. He's like the cherry on the top of the ice cream sundae. He's more than enough. Jesus has done something for us. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, uh, the apostle writes this. He says, being confident of this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Once you, once you have come to faith in Christ, you, you, you step over that threshold. Something happens. Now, now I don't mean once you, uh, once you do a bunch of religious things, but once you come to a place of faith in Jesus, it's that heart thing that he does on the inside of us. It's more than the outward. You know, sometimes people get, get hung up so much on the outward things that they miss out on what God really wants to do on that, in their lives, in their hearts. We have to be open to what he wants for us. You know, some, some, it just can be tough for people. You may, you may not feel, uh, you know, when you come to faith in Christ, it's, it's that spiritual transformation that Jesus does in the heart. 
You may not feel a thing, but you may feel a thing. It depends on that person and what God is doing there, I guess. But you, you may have felt like the world has been taken off your shoulders. Or you may feel the same as when you, when you gave your life to Christ, but you put your trust in Him. One way or the other, once your heart has been changed by God, just remember this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion... He isn't leaving you out there to be an orphan, and he does not want you to orphan yourself. Sometimes people choose to do that, right? Because they choose to try to do it all by themselves. But that's why we're a body. That's why God calls the church together. He calls us as individual believers to be a part of a body so that we can encourage one another and build one another up. But he has started something in you, and he wants to finish it. He is going to complete it. God has began something in you, and he is going to continue to change your heart. Amen. It means he's working on you. It means he's softening your heart. Have you ever been in those situations where God is softening your heart? Now, now this may be kind of a funny illustration. I don't know. It depends on how you take it. Uh, but remember, my first job when I got out of high school was I uh, uh, went to a technical college was to go through a, uh, uh, I worked at a local meat locker plant, right? So, so I learned some things about, about things, about meat and those kind of things there. So when I'm working there, I learned there's different ways to tenderize meat, right? You, you get a steak and maybe it's tough, so you, so you put it in a, a, a solution, right? You put it in some kind of acidic solution to kind of break it down a little bit. And so it's tender, it's tenderizing. So you tenderize it, and if that doesn't work, or if you want to do it a different way, you can get out the, that old, uh, have you had, does anybody have one of those hammers, you know, with the little pokey things on it? You take that thing, and you just, uh, you just hit the thing, and you beat that old steak, and, and you make it softer, right? Flip it over, and you do that, right? Well, if that doesn't work very well, the, the place I worked, we had this little machine, right? And it has these two knife roller things in it, like these all these pokey things. And, and you would turn it on, and you would drop the piece of meat in there, and it would run it right through there, and it would kind of... It wouldn't totally pulverize it or squish it, but, but, but it would do those things, and it, it would soften it. Now, now, I'm not necessarily God, saying that God's going to pulverize you. I, I'm that, that's not really what I'm saying here, but, but, but he has a way of softening us, and he, and, and, and he helps us, and, and he does this usually by his Holy Spirit. He works in our lives. He, he started a good work in us, but he doesn't want to leave us in the same condition that he started with. Now, we know he transforms the heart, right? That's something that he does on the inside of us. But he doesn't want to leave it there. He's continually working on us day in and day out. Remember, he's going to carry it on to completion is what the apostle said in Philippians. And, and if, if you really want an awakening, if you want God to move in your life, then, then you, you better be willing to soften your heart before him and let him work in you. Sometimes we're waiting for God to do something. Oh, wouldn't that be great if God does something for so-and-so or, or for this person? And we should want that for other people. We should pray for them and we should ask God to intervene in their lives. That, that's appropriate. It's more than appropriate that we do that and we ask God, work in this person. But, but we also need to be able to open the doors of our heart to our Heavenly Father and say, God, work in me. What, where is our altar in our life? Is it only here? Hopefully this isn't the only place where we open our hearts up to God in the time of worship and interaction with the Word. 
We need to allow ourselves to become open to him and allow him to work in us in a daily basis. See, God wants to complete his work in you and I. Uh, that, that work that he started, his plan is bigger than you and he wants you to grow in relationship to him. He wants you to be a different person than you are now. You'll look the same. There may be so, so many similarities as you are now, uh, but he, he's wanting to work in the heart. He's wanting to continue this transformation. One of these things that we, uh, ways that we grow in our relationship with Christ is through his word. We know that. That's the basics. The Bible needs to have a big place in our lives. Really, if, we, if it does not have a big place in our lives, honestly, without it, you'll be limited on how you will grow in faith. Because you don't have enough, you don't have enough of God's spirit speaking into you and his word speaking into your life for you to be able to grow to the next level where he wants you to be. We need to allow his word to speak into our lives. Pull out the New Testament. Pull out the New Testament. If you're, if you're not necessarily a person who reads much, uh, pull out the New Testament and start reading. Read, read in the Gospels and listen and read to what Jesus taught. Listen to what he said to others around him. Allow it to soak into your life. Allow him to speak into your life. And then allow him to help you to start living that out in your life. The things that Jesus teach are so strong and challenging. Very challenging. And, it, you know, it's, it's important for us to allow him to speak into us. Then, then keep your heart soft towards what he taught. Because if we don't keep our hearts soft towards what he taught, all we do is have a head knowledge, right? All we do is we know about it. Oh, that's cool. Look at what Jesus said. And then we, we bounce it back and forth to each other. And, and it, that's really great. But it's got to be more than just bouncing the scripture back and forth to each other and talking about what Jesus said. It has to be that something that actually applies into our lives where it comes into our brain and out of our mouth and out of our life because Jesus has done something for us. It's got to be more than just head knowledge. Jesus wants to work in our life and through our life. He has a plan for each and every one of us. Keep your heart soft toward him, towards him. Be willing to allow him to lead and direct your life today. Let God's word speak into your life. Remember, if you have put your faith in Jesus, you have a new heart. That's what scripture would show us. You have that new heart. The old has passed away. All things have become new. As scripture says, we become a new creation, right? A new creation in Christ. Uh, something has changed in us. And, and, I, and I'm concerned that many people have simply ran through the motions in their faith in recent years. And then to make up for it, they want, to, they want the easy fix. They simply want an awakening from the outside. When in reality, it starts from within. Because God starts in the, in the individual. God starts working. And yes, he relates us to others. And we engage one another. But he wants to do a work in us as individuals. And when he starts doing a work in us as individuals, then it starts affecting the whole church. And it starts affecting our communities. It starts affecting people's lives because God is working. See, none of us know our actual time on this earth. I, I don't know if I'll live to 57 or 157. I don't know. My, I know that my parents said the other day that they're, uh, they're uh, in assisted living, and they said that, 
uh, one, of their, uh, one of the people that they eat with, they eat at the same table with some others, and they said, this lady who still has her original colored hair, I don't know how this is, is the case, but it is true, she's 103. This week she turned 103, great lady. Uh, grew up and uh, lived in an area where they're from and all that kind of stuff, but it's really cool. But, you know, we don't know if we're going to be 103 or, 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 or 50, 55 or 205. I don't know, but none of us know that. But what we do know that every day that God gives us is an opportunity for us to be able to grow in our faith, to be awakened in our spirit to what he wants to do in and through our lives as individuals, as families, God wants to work in our lives. He desires to do that. We just need to stay open to him. Take the opportunity to be softened before God so that when the time comes, you can respond with faith and hope to a broken world around you. Because we live in a world that is broken. Here's another thing you need to remember when it comes to Christ has started this work in your life. The new birth or being born again, as Jesus said, brought you not only a new heart, but once you believed in Jesus, as Ezekiel said uh, in chapter 36, verse 27, he said, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. I, I want to point out what he what he uh, what uh uh, out to you what is said years before God would put the Holy Spirit in you. Uh, then, he, then he took what the Apostle Paul said over in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, and it says this, now, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us and set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That is a lot. That's a mouthful. That's a mouthful of all the things that he has done for us in our lives. Now it's God who makes us, both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He's done this work. He's anointed you. He's set the sea, his seal of ownership on you. And he's put his spirit in your hearts as a pledge or as a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. Honestly, that should make you happy. It really should make you excited about what God has done for you, knowing that he's done this for you through Christ. And not only did he do this, do a spiritual heart transplant, but he has sealed you with the Holy Spirit in your heart. This means the Holy Spirit, if you're born of the Spirit of God, if Christ is in you, you put your faith in him, if that is the case, then the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That means the believer has the Holy Spirit inside of them. And there are some powerful truths here that we need to unpack today. So the first one of them is this. It is God who makes you stand firm in Christ. It is God who makes you stand firm in Christ. And, you, and sometimes, some of you are probably saying in your head right now, whether you're in here or online, it's like, yeah, but I stand firm on my own two feet. Yeah, well, maybe. But, but it's, it's God who makes you to stand firm in Christ. You stand strong in life when you depend on your Savior, when you trust in Him. Because, you know, a person can say, yeah, I've, I've, I'm a self-made man, I've done this, I, I've stood firm, all this. But then when they get to the face of God, when He says, why should I let you into my heaven? They're going to say, well, I've been a good person. And He's going to say, you didn't trust me, you didn't put your faith in me, sorry. 
We don't want to be in that kind of situation. We want to be the kind of person who says, I'm going to trust in you and allow you to lead my life. The second thing here is, is you are anointed. What he says here in scripture, he shows us that we've been anointed, that you have what it takes to do what is needed when you are following Jesus. He's going to give you the ability to do what you need to do, what he's calling you to do. And that word anointed was something that was done to the kings and the priests when they were placed in position by God himself in the Old Testament. It's, uh, it's, it's to, to anoint with oil. They put the oil on them as they anointed them. Uh, and, of course, we understand that anointing with oil was something that represented the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And you can get in deeper with that, too. It's about, at that time, it was more anointing on uh, superficial, not superficial, but uh, external. But, but when it comes to the new covenant, it's even more than that. It's something that he puts in the heart of an individual. But it wasn't limited to the Old Testament. In fact, it's even come alive under the new covenant through Jesus Christ. Now... Are we only loved and owned by God, but he has made the promise of heaven to those who place their faith in Christ. Are we just owned and loved by God? Well, he's made this promise for us, and his Holy Spirit is given to us as a deposit and a guarantee of it. That's what the apostle was saying there, and this is, this is hope beyond measure to each of us who follow Jesus and, and so when, when you are in Christ, you have the, the, the seal of God on your life. And when you leave this life the, uh, for, the, for the next, the Father will see that seal on you and welcome you home and say, come on in. But what does it say for those without that seal? I think we know what the scripture says to us, and that's, that's something that... We don't want to happen for others. We need to have that love that is in Christ as Christ gave his life for us while we were ungodly, not when we were good people, not when we were nice. No, when we were ungodly, we need to do everything that we can so that those who don't have that seal, that they can come to the same hope that we've received. And it kind of takes us back to the Jesus in the parable of the wedding banquet that he gives in Matthew chapter 22, verse 9 to 10. And he says, so go to the street corners and, uh, and invite, uh, invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find and uh, they, uh, uh, they had to... to uh, the bad as well, sorry, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Why? Because they went out of their way to invite people, didn't matter who they were, to come in to take part in what God has for them. There are many in our world without the seal of the Spirit, and it's our responsibility to gather them into the Lord's table. It's our responsibility. See, you've been anointed. Each and every one of us who followed Jesus have been anointed. You've been made the Lord. You have been made ready in your heart to be a witness of Christ in your world. And we're living in challenging times. We're living in difficult times, interesting things that are happening. But we, we serve God who can make us stand in Christ. We recognize that he is the one that helps us to stand. 
not based on other things in our world. See, the awakening is under the surface, even if you didn't realize that you are part of it when Christ is in your heart. Maybe you've been part of the solution and you didn't realize it. Maybe you didn't notice it. You may, maybe you said things like, well, I'm not good enough. I don't know how God could use me. I'm not sure why God would use somebody like me. But the fact is that you are chosen. You're chosen. He, he's appointed you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. He, he's chosen you. Maybe it's kind of like, I guess we could illustrate it like this. Maybe, you're, uh, maybe you have a friend who is, uh, has a kidney issue and they need a transplant. And so they're on the list. They've been trying to figure out what to do. They haven't found uh, anyone yet. And then all of a sudden, uh, then uh, they come to you and say, hey, would, would you be willing to check to see uh, if you would be a match? And so you decide, okay, so I, I will do that. And so you go and you go to check to see if you're a match, and they find out you are a match. And it was going to work out perfectly. And you didn't realize all this time you were a match for that individual, and now you get to help them, and you decide to donate your kidney. And that, that person receives that kidney, and it's life-changing for them, and you get that opportunity to help save another person's life. You were, the part, you were part of the solution, and you didn't know it. See, when Christ is in your heart, when you have been anointed uh, to serve, you, you may be the solution for someone else because you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. God may work through your life, maybe in a way that you didn't expect Him to, but He will work through your life to help them. Let Him work not only in your life as you grow to be more like Him, but allow Him to work through your life as you let him flow through you towards others. Each and every one of us have value to God. Every person, every individual has value to God. Doesn't matter who, who they are, doesn't matter what they've been through, they have value to God. We, we, again, we find the Apostle Paul writing to another church. And, and we see he writes to so many different churches. And this one, he, the words that he writes uh, are, are uh, similar to what he said in other places. And he writes to the Ephesian church. Uh, and the last church he wrote to about being sealed was the church in Corinth. But now he, he writes to believers in Ephesus. And he says some of these same things. And he says to them in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, he says... And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. He's saying this, kind of the same thing in a little bit different wording to another church. He's saying God did this thing for you. He did this for you and he did it in your life. He marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. What a powerful scripture. What a wonderful scripture. And it really takes me to this point today. Be awakened through the Holy Spirit who's in you. Be awakened to the Spirit of God who is in you as a believer. Wake up to the Holy Spirit. He, he has a purpose and a plan for you. You're part of his purpose and plan. You're here for a reason. He's called you for a reason to serve him. You're part of the solution in this world when you are in Christ. 
Have you thought about that before? Did you know you are part of the solution in this world? And you, when you step back and you look at what's happening to the world, when you look at what hap has happened to in, the Euro in Europe right now and the challenges that's happened in other places, and, and the Lord says, you are part of my solution to this world. For you as a believer. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Don't wait for your coffee to wake you up and get you up out of bed in the morning. Don't, don't stay asleep. Wake up and be slow, sober. Uh, uh, open your heart and open your mind. In other words, keep sober or in the right kind of thinking. Keep a clear head. Keep a clear thinking and let the Spirit of God lead your life. Then we find the Apostle Paul, I'm sorry, the Apostle John, who wrote and he recorded the vision that the Lord had given to him over in the book of Revelation. And he said it in Revelation chapter 16, verse 15. He said, look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who says, stays awake and remains clothed so, that not, so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. In other words, be clothed in Jesus' righteousness. To be clothed in Him. Look, we need to be able to stay awake in the time that we're in. We need to stay clothed in the righteousness that Jesus has provided for us on the cross. He did that for you and I, not because of who we were, not because that we were somebody special, but because he loved us. He loved you and he cares for you. And he wanted to give you that righteousness when you put your faith and your trust in him. Stay awake. Stay awake. Don't be distracted. Where, where, are, where, are, uh, where are your thoughts these days? I don't mean just now, but where are your thoughts these days? What, what are we focusing on? Are we keeping our focus on the right things? We need to be able to set our focus, focus and our affection on things above, on the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning, the one who's going to take care of our lives, the one who is going to sustain us in the world that we are in. Be awakened because the time is at hand. Be ready for what God is putting in front of you. Little do we know what it is at this point. You may not know. Maybe you see some things that God is doing. Keep your hearts open to what God wants to do. Stay awake. Don't be distracted. Don't be pulled off the, the wayside. Stay sober. Keep your right thinking. The second thing is this. Fan into flame the gifts he's put in you. Fan into flame the gifts that he has put inside of your life. Because there's not a person he hasn't provided that for, for those who are in Christ. Listen to what the Apostle Paul told Timothy in the, in the scripture. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he said, For this reason, I remind, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Fan into flame the gift of God inside of you. And once you come to faith, you, you've received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You've been anointed by the Holy Spirit in your life. Let those gifts work through your life. Let God continue to grow you and to fill you. Get closer to Him and keep your heart softened before Him so that He can work through your life. 
You are part of the solution in this world that we live in. That's, isn't that why they got together last week and so many people chose to, to invest into these kids at Royal Family? Isn't that why they did it? Yeah, because they realized that they had an element of solution in their life. Were they able to handle everything? No, it took a whole team to be able to handle all of this, and they worked together. But it takes the Spirit of God working through us and in us as we stay awake, as we stay sober, as we stay willing and keep our hearts soft before the Lord. He wants to work in us. We live in a challenging world. We need to be able to fan the flame of the gifts that he has put in us. He wants to fan that flame up. I don't know if you've ever worked, uh, been around a forge or not, like a coal forge or something like that. Or, uh, but I don't know if you realize it or not, but when they pile, or just a charcoal, charcoal uh, grill, right? When you, put some, when you put some air into that thing, you just see that thing light up in fire. It just really starts roaring. The more, uh, more air you put to it, the more oxygen it gets in there. That thing just starts roaring. It turns that old thing really hot. And it gets so hot, you can get 3,000 degrees inside of there. And you can take a piece, two pieces of steel and you can get it white hot. You can put them on the anvil together and you can smash, smack them together and they welds. It actually fuses it. Fan into flame the gifts of God that are inside of you. Put the oxygen to it. Say, God, what do I need to do to see this work in my life? We have to stay in the Word of God, allow the Word of God to speak into our life. But first, it starts definitely with the relationship with Him. Because without Him, we don't have much to give. We may have some knowledge, we may have some wisdom, we may have some kind words and those kind of things. But without His Spirit inside of us, we are lacking the things that it's going to take to live in these end times. We need Him. And He is very willing. He is very willing to work in us and work through us. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I'm not sure where each and every person is in this this morning. I pray, Father God, for those who have not yet made that commitment to be able to serve you, that, that desire to follow you and allow you to become Lord of their life. I pray that you would open their hearts to you this morning, that they would say yes. But Father God, for those that are here in this place this morning that have served you and have been walking with you and, and you have been helping them, Father, I pray that you would continue to do your work in their lives. I pray that, Father God, that you would help them as they soften their hearts before you at the altar, at their altar, Father God, that you, you would be glorified and that you would bring healing and hope and strength and life. Father God, I pray that you would break down every bit of fear that may be sitting inside of them. And, and even those words, those nagging words that says, you're not good enough to do the things that you need to do. Father God, we know that you have a plan for each and every one of us. And Father God, your plan is to work out your will in us and through us. And Father, I pray that, Father God, that you would renew each person in this place. 
Father God, that you would restore those. Father God, who have, have looked at their life and finally backed up and said, well, it's not me, whatever. I'm not a solution. I'm not a help. But Father God, you're looking to them even today and saying, yes, you are a solution. You are part of my kingdom and I have a plan to work through your life and I will work it out. I will finish that what I have started. What I've begun in you, I will finish. Father, we ask you to do your work in us. And we yield ourselves to you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.